0: It is my honor to be here, get the opportunity to uh, speak to you guys and share what I feel like God has placed on my heart for us. Um, I would like to start with um, some prayer. Lord, help me. (laughs) Um, Lord, thank you so much for today. God, today is um, not just another day, but it's a day that sits for eternity It's a day that we get a chance to worship you and to make a difference for those around us, and Lord, I pray that you would help us to make today count. Lord, we lift up Chris and Sarah to you. We pray that you would be with them, that you would just uh, pour an extra measure of grace out over them as they're traveling back from China. Lord, bless them with your grace, and um, Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts To receive what you have for us today. Holy Spirit, we invite you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. Without you, these are just words. But simple words, blessed by you, Holy Spirit, change lives forever. So we invite you. Take the honored seat amongst us. Amen. All right. Well, It's going to kind of start off a little heavy, guys. Um, it's kind of therapy for me, and it's also um, something that we all need to be reminded of. Um, so my wife and I and our two children went camping on uh, Monday, Tuesday, and we're coming back on Wednesday, and um, had a great time. It's so hard for us to get away because of all the dogs. We're a dog breeder, if you didn't know that. And... Um, and uh, you know, Jessica was there to help us, so it was awesome. But we got away, had a great time. On our way back, we watched a man die. I've never had an experience like this before. The guy was riding his motorcycle. There was a Mustang that was turning towards the ocean, and he just ran right into the back of him. He just, 60 miles an hour, didn't see him, didn't stop. Boom. And that guy's life was changed in an instant. I ran out, started controlling traffic, and my wife actually went over and started giving chest compressions. And something like that, you'll never be the same. It has put a perspective of how quick this life has gone and how important it is for us to have an eternal mindset, how important it is keep our perspective and to keep the first things first. You know, so many times, we let the littlest things steal our joy. The littlest things. Like traffic or a long line or our children acting their age. You know? Seriously. And it's like, we need to just lighten up and embrace the moment. We need to love well and love with intentions. Don't let the minor things take away from the majors in life. It's um, reminded me of this scripture. It's James 13, 15. It says, Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a myth that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say... If it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. And so, what I want to convey with sharing that to you, like I said, it's a bit of therapy. I've been told if you talk about it a lot, it kind of helps you through those times. But also, live in the moment. Live now. (laughs) So often we live on what's to come. We look forward to that next step. But we're not promised that next step but what we have is before us today. And so I want to encourage you guys to live in the moment. If you would join me, um, I don't know the, the gentleman's name, but I do know that he was from Los Osos. Um, and I would just like to pray for his family. So Lord, um, we pray for this man's family. We pray that you would pour out your love in the midst of such a Tragedy. That somehow you would use this circumstance to draw people closer to you. I know it did in my life, and I pray that by your mercies it would in the family's life and the friends and the people that are interacting amongst that circle. And I pray that your love would just pour out, and I pray that you would um, impact those lives around them and that this experience wouldn't go um, in vain, but that it would be used profoundly. Bless their family, Lord. Amen. Okay, so it was kind of an interesting thing because my message is on the power of love. And if you watched the kind of sequence through worship, it was all about love. It was about, you know, um, your love never fails. Your love, love always remains. And so I love it when you see that Phil noticed that in his message last week. I'm noticing that now. And I think it's a theme that God is um, trying to weave into us and really help us to understand. It's really an interesting thing that, you know, that has to be pounded into our head over and over and over again. We need to love. Love needs to be the main focus in our lives. We get so caught up in so many other things. You know, I want to keep first things first in my life. How about you guys? Yeah? Yeah? Let's keep the things that are important the central focus. You know, I've been asking God for quite some time about what my life is supposed to look like. What is the ministry that I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to start a nonprofit? And if so, what does that look like? Am I supposed to specialize in the gifts of prophecy and healing? Because that gets me excited. When you've seen that stuff happen, it's like, wow, neat. Or maybe we're supposed to plant a church. I don't know. All those things swirl around me. But what God has been speaking to me over these years is that the answer to all of this is love. There is no greater impact you could do than love in every circumstance. If you've been around in the church long enough, you've watched ministries come and go. You've watched yourself enter into seasons and then move on to something else. But the thing that remains through all of that is love. And so we need to be intentional about focusing on the love aspect. And there is nothing stronger, nothing more powerful than love. Love is what makes an impact in eternity. Think about that. It's the love that flows through a church. It's the love that flows through a ministry. It's that love that God gives us that flows through that impacts eternity. It was that love that kept Jesus on the cross. Right? Why did Jesus stay up on that cross? This is because he was obeying his Father and his love for humanity. Love has and always will impact eternity. And we get a choice to move in that love or not to. Our greatest goal in life is to be transformed into the likeness of Christ. This means to love in all circumstances, to be selfless, to put others' needs above yours, trusting that God will provide for whatever you may need. We set goals in life all the time. I was thinking back. It started for me In like high school area, it's like, okay, I'm getting close to being a junior. I want to graduate. There's a goal. I want to graduate high school. Then you graduate high school and you think, okay, am I going to go to college? Am I going to get a career? You start setting these goals. And often it goes, graduate high school, go to college, graduate college. Either you find a spouse there or you get a job, then you get a house, then children come, and then retirement happens. I mean, that's a normal MO. And we all kind of live to one degree or another within that. It doesn't always look that way, but for the most part, that's what it looks like. But what we need to remember is that setting goals is great, but our greatest goal in life needs to be being transformed into the likeness of Christ. That's the foundation. That's where it needs to be focused on. Those other things, they just kind of happen. And sometimes we get derailed. And that being transformed and having that character built inside of you, learning how to love, That stuff sticks forever. And so I want to encourage you guys to, once again, keep the main focus right and to focus on being transformed into the likeness of Christ, learning how to love. So let's unpack love. A little disclaimer here. Love is complicated. Love is detailed, okay? I'm going to touch on what I feel like has been put on me to share, okay? Um... So this is not an all in all. I'd like to read to you guys a few scriptures. Just sit back and listen. We all know this one, 1 Corinthians 13:4 through 8. This is a generalization of love. Love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude. It is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. This is 1 Peter 4, 8 through 11, love in the church. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Love covers over a multitude of sins. Think on that one. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gifts he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do so as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do do it with the strength God provides. If that So that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. And then the last scripture I want to read over you guys is Luke 23, 33 through 34. God's divine love expressed through Jesus. When they came to the place called the schools, there they crucified him, along with the criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. And Jesus said, Forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So, when I look at these scriptures and over other passages about love, there's two main points that stick out to me. This isn't a very popular opinion in the modern culture, but I want to go on God's opinion, not what the culture tells me. And it's this that love is an action, it's not just an emotion, and that love is a choice. Okay, I'm going to do one of those, like, really old man cheesy things, but I've heard a statistic that it helps you remember. I want you guys to repeat, over, repeat this with me, all right? Love is an action, not just an emotion. And love is a choice. See, God has called us to a love of action, and he's called us to choose love even when we don't feel it. The culture has made love all about me, all about self. And God has made love all about others. I want to choose the love that stands the test of time. And I don't know about you, but if you've tried the me-centered love long enough, your life starts to unravel. Because relationships cannot exist when you think you're the center of it. That's called using people. That's called taking advantage of people. I got to do plenty of that in my young life before I knew Christ. And it doesn't bear any good fruit. It may feel good for a moment. But in the scheme of long-term relationships, it's, it doesn't work. But when you love with a focus on others, relationships strengthen. People are drawn to that because people need love. And then people learn to give that love away because they say, I want to be like that. And they learned that if you want to be loved, you love. It's a reciprocating thing. <laughs> but we don't do it for the sake of being loved. We do it for the sake that, that God said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. We do it for the sake that God's love set us free. That's why we do it. So, let's unpack it a little bit on the actions of love. I read those scriptures over you. I just want um, a few people to speak out some different actions of love. So bring it. What is an action of love? You got it in you. I know you do. What was that? Forgiveness. What did you say? Kindness. Absolutely. Next. Respect. Absolutely. Gentleness, giving, what, hugs, amen, (laughs) anybody else, patience, yep, generosity, yes, two more, that's right. You guys nailed most all of them on my list. Obviously, it's not an all-in-all, but I wrote um, the actions of love, patience, kindness, humility, giving, believing the best in a person. I don't know about you, but I have difficulties in that with the woundings I've gone through. But love says believe the best in that person. Obviously, don't be a fool, but believe the best in them. Truthfulness. Love doesn't lie. Persevering, forgiving, being selfless, putting others' needs above your own, being happy for others. You ever struggle with that? Somebody's like, woohoo, I just got a rad job. And you're like, my job stinks, man. You feel like that jealousy. You feel that. That's not loving. Protecting. You know when I had that little hiccup where it said, love covers over a multitude of sins? It's a really deep scripture. It is a really deep scripture. And what that's referring to is that we protect one another. We don't expose people. The culture loves to air people's dirty laundry. That is not our job. Our job is to cover a multitude of sins. If you know that a brother or sister is sinning, you go and talk to them. We're not talking about ostriching your head in the sand, you know. Those of you who know me, I'll be the first to come and knock on your door and say, hey, what's up? We need to straighten this out. But in the midst of that, that's an honor, and we need to recognize that, and we need to cover our brothers and sisters who are struggling in their sin. And so love always protects. Monologue. We have a choice in love. Will we move past our feelings and emotions to truly love somebody? Will we be selfless when loving somebody is inconvenient? You ever notice that? Loving somebody can often be inconvenient. I need to move. (laughs) All right, I'll load the truck up. You know, I really need help paying the bills. I don't really have any money in savings, but I have some. It's painful. It's inconvenient. It comes at a cost. Or will we allow self to keep us from fulfilling our first calling as a Christian? To love God and to love others. So I want to touch on what love is not. Are you guys following me on this? Yeah? I know it's kind of heavy, started heavy, you know, but um, it's important. I really feel like this is the message that God had for us today. Um, it's the message that God has for me every day. I need to be reminded of this all the time. So love is not judgmental, it is not bitter, it is not selfish, mean, prideful. Love does not abandon, does not expose people, people or harbor unforgiveness. Okay, so I've talked to you about what love is, I just mentioned what love isn't, I've said how important it is, and I believe all of that, um, but we're going to get right here into a tool, something that you could actually take away, and it can maybe help you, it helps me a lot, okay? So what this is, is um, whenever, do a lot of thinking in your head, right? A lot of things that you would have said, a lot of things that you're thinking about doing, um, Someone cuts you off, maybe something you wouldn't say out loud, but you say inside your head, you know? We do a lot of thinking in our heads. And whenever something comes into my head that's not loving, or something that I call vain imaginations, things that I just let my mind wander on, and things that, like, have absolutely nothing to do with the moment, I could actually never do it, like, an argument of what I would have said that would have gotten better, you know? Whenever something like that comes into my head, I actually say I come against that. I rebuke that. Lord, replace that with love. Lord, what would be the loving thing to say? So come against those things that you think in your head. Fight against them and replace them with love. And you'll watch that that starts to build a foundation inside of you. Stop, you start to stop thinking negatively and think positively. It's been huge in my life. Where it's like, no, I'm not going to allow garbage to roll around in my head. Trash truck, take it out, replace it with love. And it's so important for us to do. And so I hope that you can remember that next time in the next, you know, half an hour when you think something negatively, to to come against it. And and to say, Lord, replace that with love. Give me the right thoughts. Replace it with your heart. And then the other quick tool is, this is hard, but... When you realize that you've made a mistake, admit your mistakes and, ask for, and say sorry quickly. That's a huge thing in relationships. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a pretty loving thing to do. Instead of holding your ground, owning it, saying you're sorry, and moving past. So I hope those two tools can help you. Okay, so I asked my wife this question. I'm going to ask you guys, Um, And she showed me that there's really kind of two answers to this. So the question is, is what is the opposite of love? What do you guys think? What's the opposite of love? Okay, because they're all good. Fear, yeah. What's the root? Where does it root from? Where's the root of, of fear, of pride, of indifference? What? Boom, she hit it selfishness. I think all sin flows from a stream of selfishness, and everything good flows from the stream of love. And so if we find ourselves being selfish, or being any of those things that we said were the opposite of love, we need to take a step back and reconsider, and just say, God... I, I know I'm selfish, but you've said that I'm loving. You've called me loving, and I'm living selfishly. Help me to be what you've called me. And just kind of push that stuff away. And it's a process. To become more loving is a huge process. It's a lifelong process. But we need to embrace that. And um, I, always, I thought this was uh, real interesting as I was putting together this study. Love always comes at a cost. It always costs you something. Love will cost you time and energy. You just can't love without time and energy. It will cost you your personal time. Ever notice when you get that phone call and it's like you're about to sit down for dinner but someone's really hurting? That's your personal time. But if you're going to love, you're going to answer that phone call. Love will and can be and often is inconvenient. You'll need to slow down and ask Is what I'm rushing through right now, is what I'm rushing to, keeping me from loving right now? Is the thing that I'm moving towards keeping me from loving right now? Do I need to, in the moment, stop and give myself to this opportunity of love? I'll tell you, I, I'm a visionary, I think, like, 50 steps out. So I've had to stop and back off, and I still am really poor at this. But I'll be carrying a conversation with somebody, and I'll be thinking five steps down of what I'm going to be doing in the day. I do that all the time, and it's wrong. It's where I've allowed the gift of God that he's given me to take away the joy of, of the moment. And it, Oftentimes, the gifts that we have um, uh, come with struggles. And so, we need to learn to live in that moment, to love in that moment, to even say, is what I have to do that's coming up um, so important that I stop this moment of love? Because sometimes it's not. It's really hard for me. I like to be on time. I like to keep my stuff going. But sometimes, it's important to be late to love in this circumstance. Because love takes precedence. Always. All right, so I'm going to get into the practical parts of this, okay? Um, Love is intentional. I came up with ten things of of how to love, how to express love. I just sat down and wrote out a little list, you know? There's so many creative ways to to love others. So the first part I said was to put yourself out there, interact with people, and take risks to express love um, like kindness. You can't love unless you risk and get into relationships. So I guess what I'm saying is, touch people. Share your lives so that people can trust you, you can trust them, and you can actually create opportunities for love. Be generous. Provide for people's needs if you can. A great way to do this is helping someone move. Look for opportunities. Can you tell that I've helped a lot of people move? (laughs) But it is, you know, It's, it's difficult, but it's loving. All right, look for opportunities to love. Pray for divine appointments. Get into that practice. God, give me an opportunity to love someone today. If you say that, you think Pops isn't going to fulfill that? (laughs) He will, guaranteed. I love that prayer. If you're holding a grudge towards someone, forgive them. Important. Do something nice for someone just because. I got my wife your awesome flowers like two days ago. Just do things like that, you know? It's eat Husbands, your awesome flowers are pretty good. <laughs> but, I mean, coworkers. you see someone, like, having a hard time, just get them something nice. Do something for them, you know? Writing notes for people are awesome. Works really good. Do something nice for someone. Be a friend to someone who needs one. Think about how others might be feeling and then respond with love. Pray this prayer. God, how can I love in this circumstance? Before you act. Make giving, encouraging words a part of your life. Point out something a person does well. It's like something like this. Is Bree here? Nope, she's with the kids. Well, if Brie was here, I'd say, I appreciate so much the faithfulness and the hard work that you do serving in worship and serving with the kids. You know, I would say to my wife, I appreciate how much that you um, pour love into my children and to me. It really helps me and gets us through the day. You know, you can go on and on. Practice encouraging words. That just makes people feel loved. When you can just point out something inside of them that is good, that is a blessing. Find different ways to serve in the community, okay? This is super important to me. It starts in the family, right? Everything about love, it starts in the family. Our main focus of love needs to be in the family. Husbands and wives, build a synergy of love. This is the primary way your children learn to love and have relationships we need to stop bickering about the little stuff. We need to stop making the the minors the majors. And we need to have a little grace for each other. And if we do that, and if we can start to create a synergy of love, because negativity builds on negativity, and love builds on love. It's like totally uh, roll a snowball down the hill. It's how it works. It's how life works. If you create... Uh, an environment of love around you then that rubs off on people and they become more loving and then that rubs off on people but if you create an environment of negativity it does that so husbands it's super important for us to create an atmosphere of love in our household our wives respond very well to that and then our children get to see that now I'm not perfect at that my wife will tell you <laughs> firsthand; she knows But I'm intentional about it. And when I see that I'm making a mistake or messing up or just holding on to something, uh, I back off and let it go. And if we can do that in our families, it will make a huge difference. Parents to children, we're right in the middle of it with two four-year-olds. Flood them with love. Verbally build them up. Physically build them up with hugs and healthy touch. Emotionally build them up with encouraging, uh, with encouragement and boundaries. Don't let your children's natural age and expression drive you nuts. It does. It has for me. My, they said the same word on our walk, the same phrase, 50 times yesterday. You know, like seriously, it was really getting to me. And then I had to just back off and kind of giggle and go, yep, that's how they're learning, and that's their process. And then I said, you're on a no-talk. <laughs> but but I, got, I got the icky out of me, you know, and the no-talk kept my sanity. But, you know, don't let their natural progression of age drive us nuts. All right. Now, for those children out there, and teens and tweens, I'm speaking to you, it's super important for you to express love through respect and honoring your parents. And here's something for you that um, you need to hear. I grew up with a father that wasn't deserving of honor or respect. But the truth is, is that it does have nothing to do with what they've done. It has everything to do with what you've done with the relationship with them. God does not hold you accountable for what they did. God holds you accountable for how you respond in the midst of what everybody else does around you. And so it's super important for you to honor your mother and father, and that's the first commandment that comes with a blessing, Um, probably because he knows how hard that can be in certain circumstances. Some parents make it really easy. Um, Mine did not, but um, I had to learn to honor my father after he passed. it's a great opportunity to honor your father and mother while they're still here on the earth and you can express to them God's love so like I said it's super important to me and to God that we start touching our families with love if we build love in our family that will change our community and the circles of people around us people are drawn to that they want to be a part of that and so it's important for us to build that love in our family You know, when I put this message together, I thought, man, it just sounds so simple. Love, love, love. How many times have we heard love? How many times have we heard it? But the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, all right, this is the most important thing, and you need to stick to it and go for it. So the review is, love is the answer to your calling. Love is an action. Love is a choice. Love love comes at a price, but it's worth it. Love is intentional, and love needs to be Love needs to start in the family. There's a scripture, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be I believe that as Christians, every act of love that we do is storing treasures in heaven. And I believe that really only love is the treasures that will be in heaven. And so I want to remind you guys that we're not promised our tomorrows. So make today count. And we all leave a legacy. And this is where I'm going to leave you today. Every single one of us makes a legacy. Some legacies are nasty. You look back on them and you're like, I don't want anything to do with that in my heritage, in my family tree. I've got some of that behind me. But what God says to me and to each one of you is that that legacy that's behind you doesn't keep you from making a beautiful one here. And he also says that you're called of me now and that this is a new beginning. And so is your legacy going to be built on the foundation of love? Is your legacy going to be one and such that when people look back at your life and they say, that person loved well, I want to be like them? Because that's our choice today in moving forward, is to build a legacy that will stand the test of time, that will show itself in heaven and that will make an impact on the people's lives around us. And so thank you very much for giving me this opportunity to speak to you guys, and I hope that as you move from today that you will um, desire to love more. Thanks. Thanks.